Mr. Pop. No, I'm not going to carry on about the Bulldogs. They were very good. <laughs> yes, I am. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. And a cheery uh, hello to you. Welcome to another edition of the Rock and Roll Podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me as always, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. Hello, Hal. There's a pep in your step, isn't there, you old uh, bulldog? Yes, there is a bit of a pep in my step, I must admit. Yes, there is. And hello, Mano. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, thanks, Kev. I'm thinking of buying a bull. A bull? Mm, yeah. What? Hang on, like a mechanical bull, like uh, urban cowboy. No, jungle. no, no. Oh, a proper real bull. What a four-legged, a, a four-legged bull. Right. Because, because yeah. Well, look, a dog's just not big enough for me. Right. I want a bull. But right. um, no, apparently they're a good investment. A bull, and you know, if you get a mad roofing spunk master, he's he's going to make you a fortune. <laughs> right. but, you know, I get some mad spoofing bull. It's about five hundred bucks a load. Um, you know, he's a purebred um, uh, Angus, and they look, they look. Well, I don't reckon Brian the bull. That'd be great. Have my own bull. You go down on the weekend and ride him. It'd be beautiful. Right. <laughs> now I was going to suggest that in the uh, in these uh, COVID lockdown times, uh, a you can't keep it at your house. I just want to. I, I don't want to. No. I don't want to be a naysay here, Brian. But I just want to point out the practicalities. You, you, no, I know. I, I can leave it at somebody else's farm. That'll oh, be fine. Okay. So it's like. pay them for the fee. So I'll just hang on to him for 12 months. Right. Get a bit of bit of spunk out of him and then flog him. Well, uh, uh, fine. But you're going to have to do it to your A. Hey, hey. <laughs> you're going to have to do that the other way around. Oh, flog him then. Yeah, flogging will probably get more spunk out of you. Um, yeah, right. But no, I'm seriously looking into buying a bull. I, I think. Uh, um, okay, I've got, a, I've got a question. When, where did this come from? But well, what have you been either reading or watching or having? Who's been talking to you about buying a bull? Oh, my friend Grace's uh, brother breeds them. Right, and I just sort of got into my head, Brian the bull. And I thought, right. yeah, a mad rooting bull, that could be all right. That would be a nice little interest for me. Uh, talk about living your life vicariously through the uh, the eyes and things of others. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, i tell you what, you could get a good side hustle going as well. How's that? Well, you could package up your own bullshit. <laughs> well, there you he's go. Been, he's been doing that for years. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and releasing it on vinyl—that's the worst part, anyway. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not right. Only two minutes into the show, and I'm already copping it. <laughs> and, you, know, you wait. When I get my bull, you two will be going off. Oh, can we come down and ride your bull? And I'll be going, nah, you laughed at Brian. Well, if it's a big, hard, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, loving bull, it's not going to want anyone riding the bloody thing. They don't want people riding them. No, I actually want the most aggressive bull I can find, one that's just a real prick. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for a funny story? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Always. So in one of my previous lives, or in my previous life, Hmm? um, I worked for an automated suspension company, and... They sent me to San Diego. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yep. Yeah, that's come up before. Yeah. Rick Deutsch. He was an amateur bull rider. Really? 
yeah, on the weekends, he used to like going, and we had to go right into country, sort of California, long drive, and we get to this ranch, and you have to sign this waiver that says, you know, you hear the ride pull, you realise it could result in injury or death. Right. And then he starts practising riding bulls. Good. He's warehouse manager. And so we went there one day. He goes, come on, finally have a go. Come on. I said, no, pass. His warehouse manager was in hospital when I arrived. Oh, right. Because he convinced him to have a crack at it. And he'd broken his vertebrae, broke one of his, something in his spine. Oh. Yeah, it was ridiculous. These bulls, and these are the ones that kids ride. They are wild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely unrideable. Just because you see those films, uh, Mano, where, where your clowns jump in and run across the thing and the bull chases them and no one gets hurt, that's not how it happens in real life. Well, how am I going to dye his hair blonde? <laughs> you know, he's got that little blonde touch at the front there. <laughs> Mano, you know, big... Mano the bull. I... Oh, and yeah, I can see how all of this is going to end up, and I've only got one thing to say, Brian. Yes, I've got a fair idea what it's going to be. Porterhouse, medium rare. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes, yes when all well, else fails. Like, as I like my steak, wipe it fast, pop off its horns and stick it on a plate. Oh, no, you don't, surely you cook it. Surely you don't have – you're not one of those blue steak-eating people, are you? No, I'm not, actually. No. I'm um, – no. Um, I prefer my medium to perhaps well done. Yes, yes. Which, an, which annoys the shit out of any chef if you ask for a well done steak. They hate it. Yeah, but, but see, my, my thing with that, and I've had conversations obviously in, in my radio days with, with chefs about that, at the end of the day, I'm the one eating it, not him. Yeah. So if exactly I want it, right. if I want it, if I want a charcoal, I'll, I'll have a charcoal because it's going in my gob and in my thing. And the last time I looked, none of the chefs that prepare these things are actually related to the beast. So it's not like they're doing it as an act of kindness to the you know because they own part of the cow or something. No, I never understand that. It's whatever the customer wants, the customer can have. Even if the customer is doing something that you totally disagree with, you have to cop it. Yeah, so I'll go on a steak and a dollar of ice cream on top of it. <laughs> yeah, well, if that's, if that's what you want, well, go for your life. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Sure. Why not? We agree. Yeah. So, I, I agree. Not always. I, I agree entirely, but it doesn't always work. When didn't it no. work for you, Finally, I've got a feeling there's a story here. Oh, no, no, just I, I like my steak medium rare, but not at a vegetarian restaurant. They get very Just bring the cow no. in and sit the cow next to you. Might as well just have a you know have a bite out of its ass while you're sitting there. Bit yeah. of, I what? mean, vegetarian. The only way I'd like them would be medium rare. <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I could not live without meat. I know that. I'm fully, fully cognizant of that fact. Could you go without meat for any great period of time, Brian, or not? Uh, does chicken count as meat? Yeah, it does for me. Yeah, well, I could go without red meat for ages. But, really? Um, I, yeah. Oh, look, you know, I, yeah, but I could, I could probably go a month easily without having any red meat. I don't think that would be too much of a problem for me. Yeah, no, a month's not a um, long time. I, I'm thinking, you know, could you go well, for Well, I could probably do six months. Oh, really? I'd, no. I'd, need a lot of, I'd need a lot of chicken. Okay. What about you, Fine? Are you a, a, a red meat eater of, of proportions or not? Yeah, three days. Three days a week? 
No, three days I could last without red meat. Oh, before, right. <laughs> for a collapse. Yeah, fair enough. I'm probably not far behind you in that, uh, in that area. I, I love it. I love it. Anyway, so is there anything exciting happening in your week? You, you know, we're still in – I had this argument. Are we in lockdown? We're in Melbourne, so let's, let's establish that. We're always in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, no, but are we in lockdown five still or have we moved on from five? Because I was with some people in Geelong, obviously, to do the radio show on the weekend, and I said, oh, you know, lockdown five seems to have gone forever, and they looked at me and went, we're in lockdown seven because they've come out and gone back in apparently, and I think they're about to go back in again. Um, so well, I think, I we think still, we're in lockdown six. Are we in six now? Right. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, but, you know, I got locked down two weeks before lockdown two or three. I can't remember. But, um, so I've, I've had seven. I've been in lockdown for 18 months, for God's sake. Well, literally, for uh, I reckon there was a two-week window where we actually got – to go to supermarkets with no masks on and you actually were able to – I was able to – we were able to see our grandchild and do all that stuff and see my son and all those sorts of things. Uh, and I reckon that lasted two weeks and that was it in the last – since the end of March last year. Right. Yeah, I think I'd, when I did a gig, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember when we didn't have some kind of restrictions on us. Yeah. Um, it's But the – you know, it, it looks like it's going to be around for a while. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, and we're all we're all vaccinated on this program, aren't we? We're all double jabbed. Absolutely. Yes, I am. Beautiful. You know, we should we, now that it's part of life lockdown. We should make the most of it. In fact, we should get Molly Meldrum to host it. Lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Gavin Wood. Tonight on lockdown, you'll see nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'll see no one. Go nowhere. Yeah. And we're doing it all over Australia. <laughs> now it's time for Daniel's humdrum. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very nice. Very nice. Mind you, uh, can I just uh, the, there was a lot of criticism about them stop, stopping, I think, in New South Wales, stopping doing daily press conferences. I, I'm not against that because uh, it's just become such a, a wash of figures that, in the end, mean nothing to us. It sounds like a Bruce McAvaney, uh, you know, Bruce McAvaney at his absolute zenith, just spilling out statistics left, right, and centre that, in the end, mean nothing to you. Yeah, I want to see other statistics besides one one thing. But yeah, it's just it's just the same thing every day. You know, it's just a lecture every day saying, "No, I know it's hard, but you can't do this. You know, otherwise you'll be in trouble and you'll die." And I'm sick of that. And the other part of it is the boasting part of it, where you, oh yeah, and we're at we're at sixty five percent of you know what we need to do, and that's really good, and I'm really pleased, and I'm really proud, and I'm really, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, fine, don't talk to us like we're grade three kids, you know, who just yeah. who managed to put the milk bottles away properly, so as you know, you didn't have to clean up after us. There's a bit of that going on too. Yeah, I've, I've now got one overriding memory, or well, I will have one overriding memory about this whole lockdown and press conferences, etc. Yeah. I don't want to dob in which one of my kids, yeah. one of my sons, Lucas, mm-hmm. was talking politics the other night and said, look, as far as I'm concerned, the state that's got it right is New South Wales. And he said, quite clearly, I'm a fan of Beryl Zickleum. <laughs> Beryl. I said, who? <laughs> Beryl, <laughs> Beryl Zickleum. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a surname, Beryl Zickleum. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a first name. 
<laughs> he's dropped out of politics at the age of 15. Yeah, no, that's fair enough too. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember when we couldn't even pronounce Perigiclian or whatever her name is, Perigiclian? Yeah. Yep. Now it just comes like second nature to it. Yep, we're, we're rolling off the Beryl Jiclians and the, uh, or the, uh, and the Anastasia Palace, all that like it's no tomorrow now. Yeah, AstraZeneca, we didn't know how to say that. Now yeah. we do. Yeah. Pfizer, yeah. Pfizer, Pfizer. Yeah, yeah, all those. Yeah. Uh, Medina. All those we have new, there's a new one now, Medina. Have we got a Medina one as well? There's a new vaccine. Lady Medina, <laughs> maybe at your brain. Uh, yeah, Medina. I told you which one my family got. Which one did you get? What was that one? Aldi. Yeah. Aldi. <laughs> it's good, but different. Yeah, it's good, different, doesn't work. <laughs> you think it does? Eh, it could be a placebo for all you know. Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, now, we're now inoculated against good quality chocolate biscuits. <laughs> That's good, different. Uh, all right, now we, 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 we've got a bit of sport to talk about. Um, uh, what? Yeah, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to carry on about the bulldogs. They were very good. <laughs> yes, I am. No, I'm not. No, I won't. But I just oh, – you they were brilliant. They were good. They Port were really were rubbish. Good. Yeah, Port rubbish, but uh, but the Doggies and uh, and Melbourne were both exceptionally good. Yeah. I, if I had to rate one ahead of the other, I'd put Melbourne slightly ahead of the Dogs, even though the Dogs were great. But I think Port was shit. Yep. I don't, think, I don't think Geelong were very good either, but I think Melbourne were exceptional. Yeah. That Bailey Smith for the dogs goes good, Kev. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's I like a... his hair, too. Oh, you, you do. You know, footyology, <laughs> on final siren, I have to do the best players. Yep. Yeah. Now, Mitch Hammond was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Yes, he was. But I was very, and of course, McRae, just by way of numbers. Yeah, Jacko's good. I was very close to going 3-2-1 in the end. They were all in my best, best six. To Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. Yeah, they're I'm good. Telling you, Bailey Williams and Bailey Dale, they were faultless. They were impassable. Yep. Bailey, Williams, well. Bailey Williams is a much underrated player. Bailey Dale's got a fair bit of um, kudos this year. I think he was in the All-Australian squad and stuff. But um, He's in the team. Yeah, he was. Sorry, yes, he was in the team. Uh, Bailey Williams has gone under the radar a little bit. He's, uh, he's very, very good. He's deceptively uh, good at playing on taller players and, uh, and he's quick. Uh, yeah, good player. One of my favourites. Who's favorites. the one I like? Is it Bailey Smith with the mullet? Yeah. 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 Okay, good, good. Okay. Yep. Too many Baileys for me. Yeah, well, we've got three. Um, so uh, I, I, I think that would be a first. Well, who's Bulldogs your list history. manager, Kit? Who's yeah. your list manager? That <laughs> must cause all sorts of confusion. Oh, you mean Bailey Bailey, our list manager? Oh, right, there you go. That explains a few things. Right. <laughs> yeah, if your name's not Bailey, you don't get on the list. Uh, there was a right. run, there was a running joke at one stage with one of the young fellas that wasn't getting a game. Uh, this would have been 18 months ago, I suppose, um, that if he changed his name by deed poll to Bailey, he might have been a chance to get included in the squad at some stage. Um, he's since left the club, unfortunately. So we've got the footy. Uh, 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 it's it's a it does feel a bit weird at not being in Melbourne. I must admit the grand final, but we're kind of I suppose used to that because of last year. But um, for Melbourne, uh, the Melbourne fans are going to feel like I did in 2016, and the Swans fans felt back in there. Just heading into a grand final again is is going to be a big thrill for them. Who who are you who are you liking at this stage? Finding out of the two, 
Oh, look, they were so good on the weekend. I'm going to hold back till next week. I need more intel. Right. But <laughs> do you want to hear? Do you want to hear my omen for the Melbourne winning the grand final? For Melbourne winning? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to say, "Oh well, but the omen is that last time they finished on top was 1964 and they won the flag, so that's a good omen." Yep. I got a better one. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. 1940, yeah. the Olympic Games were scheduled to be held in Tokyo, but because of the war, they weren't held. 1940, Melbourne won the flag. Yep. Four, Tokyo Olympics, Melbourne won the flag. Oh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, Tokyo 64. Yeah, okay, right. Now, at 10,000 to one, because what were the chances of having an Olympic Games in 2021? The Olympics were held in Tokyo. Mm. Yes, they were. So you reckon Melbourne's got a bit of Japanese collusion? <laughs> well, they've actually got a lot of they've got, they've got a lot of Olympics about them. Melbourne's first flag, nineteen hundred Olympic Games. Melbourne won the flag in nineteen forty, supposed to be the Olympics. Melbourne won the flag in nineteen forty eight, Olympic Games. Melbourne won the flag in nineteen fifty six, Olympic Games. Melbourne won the flag in nineteen sixty, Olympic Games. Melbourne won the flag in nineteen sixty four. Olympic Games, and in fact, since then, Melbourne have only made two grand finals, 1988 and 2000, both Olympic years. Wow. Good omen for uh, the, the Demons. Yeah, in 2021, which who would have thunk it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. That's a very interesting theory. I, yeah. I don't really care who wins. It's kind of my ideal grand finals. It's the two best teams from the year. And um, I'm kind of leaning on. I kind of hope that um, Melbourne can break their drought because Doggies won one only five years ago. So, but you know, sorry to say they can, but they have been waiting for 57 years. It's be nice for them to get a win. Mm. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, 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 well, clearly, I mean, everyone knows where I sit on this. I mean, um, the unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> unfortunate thing for me is. Um, to insert myself into the story, I missed 2016 because I was in hospital and I'm going to miss uh, 2021 because it's in Perth. So uh, I can't be there to to enjoy it again, which is kind of a, a bit annoying because had well, it Well, there's uh, an omen, Kev. Well, maybe. You know, every, t- every time you, they win the flag, you're not there. I thought you were going to say there's an omen. I've got about seven days to get myself into hospital so I can be. No, 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 no. Just so long as you're not there, yeah. that'll, that'll probably do the job. Well, yeah. Well, it wasn't there in 54 when they won because I wasn't born. So uh, there you go. See, every time you don't go, they win. Yeah, well, 61 I didn't go um, and we didn't win. So, uh, yeah, and that's the only other time. Uh, yeah, no, interesting. It, look, it's, I think it's a terrific – I think you're right. I think what you said the, the two best teams have got through to the end of the – of the uh, the competition, and that's that's probably the way it should be. It's panned out beautifully. Um, and, you, and you know what Port's problem is? Port's problem is that stupid song of theirs that they'll <laughs> never give in until the flag is there for the taking. <laughs> They've done it again. Uh, oh, flag down for taking. I oh, let's just put in a shit effort, boys, and get killed. What do you make of <laughs> uh, the two teams that did drop out on the weekend? Finally, what's your thoughts on Geelong and uh, and Port? What do they? What do they need to do to make next year grand final bound rather than out in the prelims? Well, I think Port's heading in the right direction. They've got a lot of young players. They need to, I think, address a couple of issues down forward and back, and relying on 
Charlie Dixon and Peter Laddams. They need they need another tall forward, but they they could have that in Mr. Georgiotis. They missed out on the police. Yeah, he did too. And you know that surname pretty well, being a doggy fan. Yeah, he sees young Johnny's boy, young Mitch. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they've got enough good young players, I think, to keep the um, ship steered in the roughly the same direction. Geelong, I think now's the time to make some deep cuts. Yeah. And probably Dalhouse, another former doggy there, they're probably done. But they're maybe going to have to ask themselves some hard questions about Selwood and a couple of other players. Not so easy. You know, it's one thing to tell guys that started at other clubs your time's up, but the favourite son, not so easy, but I think they need to do it. And they must address their rucking issue that they have not looked at for a decade. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, it shows flashes, Reece Stanley, but never consistent enough to be to be the man. Radicalia to me, yep. looks like a, a better forward than he does a, a ruck option and maybe throw him in the ruck when you need to, to pinch hit. But, yeah, outside of that, they're, they're struggling. Well, would you yep. – Would I mean, in all honesty, and I know you're not a fan of this bloke, but in terms of you don't like particularly the way he plays, but um, – his career tells you that he's been a terrific player for the club, but would if you were Geelong's list manager, would you be tapping Joel Selwood on the shoulder and saying, mate, I think it'll be your best footies behind you. Why don't you just hang him up? Yep. Yeah. And I, and I just want to say, I think he's been a magnificent footballer. Yep. I think I think he's got the old age angries on, but he's just a brilliant career and seemingly like a magnificent leader. So don't get me wrong, I, I admire him greatly. If, if I thought that they could reload for another crack at the flag next year, I'd tell him to play on. But I think they've got to make some major major changes and he would have to be one of them. Yep. Well, there's so many old players in that team. They're 33 and 32 and 31. And yep. I think the youngest guys are 28 or something. It's, there's a lot of really old blokes in that team. Yeah, but one of them is yeah, Tommy Hawkins, and you wouldn't be telling Tommy Hawkins based on his form to, to hang him up. He's probably playing as good a football as he's ever played. Yeah, but again, so you've got Sean Higgins. That didn't really work out. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the reality is that at the end of your career, it, it's not, you know, time speeds up, doesn't it? So even if you've got players that were decent this year who are a bit older, the end comes very quickly and you've got to try and spread the age, have that age spread throughout the team. You can have a few of them, but you can't, as Brian says, have the majority of your players north of 30. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than watching a club champion go around for one season too many. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's what that's one of yeah. the saddest. That's one of the saddest things you'll you'll see. Tell you it's going to be hard, and it's obviously going to be uh, not uh, and uh, as emotive a story as it would have been had he not done what he did. But Nathan Jones' story with with Melbourne's a, a, a ripping story. Um, a bloke who's obviously heart and soul is at the club, and who just said, "Look, I'm probably not going to be in the team, so I'll, I'll go and be with my wife while we have our twin twins." Um, yes, but he's going to be he's going to be part of that. It, it begs that thing about whether more than the 23 blokes that play should get a medal or the 22 blokes and the coach should get a medal um, because he's certainly a part of what they've done and where they've got to. Yeah, and he was the only person in that team that had a bit of heart a few years ago. Yeah. You know, he, he was the one that, you know, played with urgency and played like he wanted to win while the rest of them were just just going through the process. But um, I reckon they could use him as an emergency sub or something. 
I, mean, I feel really sorry for him because like, I think he's, you know, been a great servant to that club. And, you know, when they were really shit house, he was the only thing that was good about them. But he's, yeah. he, you know, he, you know, he's made the decision for him by, by flying home, basically. Yeah. If, if, if him and his brother Zach put their heads together, they'd have a they make a backside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they would. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yes, he's uh, no good on him. He's, he's he's put the family first and and uh, done what he needed to do for the footy club. Now, the, the other sporting stories from the weekend. Got to talk about Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, that was pretty special for Australian motor racing fans to see him sip out of the uh, the cup on top of the podium. Sip sip out of the shoe on top of the podium. Yeah, it's. Um, I think he was lucky that the um, other two blokes had to crash, but um, he's just got such an infectious smile, Daniel Ricciardo, and thinking out of the shoe, well, that's just ridiculous, especially if he's been wearing it for a, through a race. Yep. But, um, but you know, God bless him for doing it. He's such an Aussie, and, um, you know, he'll pick up a lot of Italian fans there because he spoke to them in Italian, so good on him. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, now, finally, what did you make of Evander Holyfield jumping into the ring again? I didn't see what happened, but w- w- he's 58 years of age. I know he was a last-minute replacement for the other Buffett who couldn't get in there, but boxing doesn't do itself any favours. Yeah, I didn't see what happened either. But, you know, I could not care less. But there is this, this new promoter that's putting in all these old boxers and, and celebrities and that and trying to make money out of it, so... That'll keep going until one of them gets crunked in the head and drops dead. Yep. Which well, is, only went which for is 90 inevitable. seconds to fight. Oh, did it? Yeah, it was all over in the first round. So I'm, I'm oh, assuming oh, that Holofield lost. Oh, yeah. He got clobbered. And poor old Donald Trump's trying to um, compensate the match, and he's going, um, and that is left hand. It doesn't look as fast as it used to. <laughs> he's still a great warrior. And that, and he did a wonderful speech at the end of it, you know, congratulating the winner and, you know, covering up for the shit effort that Evander Holyfield put in. <laughs> and they did ask him, Trumpy, who he'd like to fight if he was in the ring. And he said, probably at the moment, Joe Biden, he'd go down very, very quickly. <laughs> and I was thinking, would you pay to see Joe Biden fight Donald Trump? I would. Oh, Americans would. God. Yeah, get a van to Holyfield to commentate, sort of flop it around a bit. Trumpy <laughs> versus Sleepy Joe, that'd be fantastic. Oh, yes. Well, that's where boxing looks like it's hitting. Uh, I did see a very funny, um, I think it was on Twitter, uh, uh, a report that the uh, they called the doctor into the ring at one stage to look at Holyfield. Um, during, the, during the fight, I'm not sure if it was before or actually during the fight, but the doctor came in. And apparently gave him a prostate check uh, just as, you know, because he just <laughs> thought it was an, an appropriate thing to do for a 58-year-old. But anyway, uh, yeah, so boxing. Yeah, I've got time for another Gilbo story. Yeah, go on. Well, you know Gilbo had a crack at boxing. Yes, he did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and after the first round, he went back, he, you know, he's absolutely had the living suitcase belted out of him. You know, he's covered in bloody, you know, bruises and swelling of the eye. And he gets back into his corner and he's screaming, wanted to keep his positive energy up. And he goes to Gilbo, you're going all right, son? You're going all right. He hasn't laid a glove on you. And Gilbo turned around and said, 
and you better keep an eye on the bloody referee because somebody's smacking the shit out of me in there. (laughs) 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 Yes, I remember Gilbo used to do, was it was Russell who did the routine about how he'd been in the gym and he's on the punching bags and, you know, it feels fantastic. If he ever gets attacked in the main street of Footscray by a punching bag, he'll win easily. <laughs> Very funny man, is Gilbert. It is. Now, uh, the masked singer, I want to ask you about this, uh, Brian, the masked uh, panellist. You, yes. you are wearing a mask, I trust. I uh, know. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go well, ahead anyway. Um, now, that started. Now, it, it, it hasn't done as well in the ratings as they'd hoped. Uh, the block is apparently. Um, hammered both the Masked Singer and um, the launch of SAS Australia. Um, so uh, it's not got off to a massive start. It's it's done all right. But uh, uh, they've already unveiled the first of the singers. Who was it? Vinnie Jones. Who? Yeah, well, I had a feeling you'd say that. I know, finally you'll know who he is because yeah. he's, he's both an actor and a soccer player, former. Former Wimbledon bad boy. Yeah, that's him. Um, who did a couple of those? Was he in Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrels, or one of those films? Funny, from yeah, that's his style yeah. of film. But he's been in a few films, playing the old London gangster. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. down and on the, the manor, the bother boy. Um, so yeah, he was all right. All right. I, I was trying to work out how the hell they got him in the country, or what he was doing in here that would have him be in the mask singer. But I think they've got exemptions to bring people in for these. Shows at some stage. So he's the first one. I don't know who else they're unveiling. I haven't. I didn't see last night's episode. Um, All so. right. So talking about celebrities and masked singers, have you heard about the rumour for the grand final? I heard birds of Tokyo. There's a crazy rumour going around uh, about who's going to sing at the grand final in Perth. Yep. Uh, no, I have not heard that rumour. Go on. That they're going to have a queen. Queen is going to be singing the band. Oh, yeah. The singer is going to be Sasha Baron Cohen. Who looks a bit like Freddie. Well, he looks like him. Yeah, well, he, he was going to play Freddie Mercury in the movie. Yeah, he was. It sort of fell through, and he's been living in Sydney for the last year. Okay. <laughs> I have seen some that's photos where, of him on Bondi Beach or something with his missus. Um, yeah, uh, that's where I was pictured from, and that, yeah. that's where they live. Can he sing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw him in the, oh, what's that movie? The bloke the barber who chops people up and puts them in the pies. Ah, uh, yes, the barber of Deville or something. Seville. No, the barber of Seville. This is um, uh, Sweetie Todd. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be singing that. That was a, that was a musical, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. There's a musical version of it, okay. and, and uh, he sings in that. He's very good. Okay. That'd be interesting. I'm not sure is that... I mean, Brian May and them wouldn't be in Australia, I wouldn't have thought. No, no, so I don't know what. Anyhow, it's a rumour. Uh, well, hang on a minute. Ben Elton lives in Perth. Yeah. And he's really good mates with them. So that might be a bit of a connection there. Oh, of course, because he did the musical, didn't he, that you did? He, he wrote We Will Rock You, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we had to, I think it was Brian May's birthday, and they got you know, all the cast and filmed a video message for him saying happy birthday and, Things. So, and, you know, he sent us messages started saying, you know, have a good opening night and all this sort of shit. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, I reckon there's 
I'll ring up my mate at the AFL later and see if I can find out if that's true. Well, there's only two members of Queen uh, still alive, Roger Taylor and, and Brian May. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. That could work. Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen looks like Freddie. God, he looks like him. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Uh, okay. So, uh, All right. Can you get from Sydney? Oh, I'm more worried about getting from Sydney to Perth than I am from getting Brian May and Roger Taylor out of out of the UK into into Perth. Sydney to Perth's probably harder. Yeah, that's true. Great songs for a grand final. We will rock you. We are the champions. Gee whiz, couldn't get better. Yeah, if they played, that'd be yeah, terrific songs for and even after. I want it all, and I want it now. That'd be that'd be a good grand final song. Tie your mother down. That bottom girl. <laughs> See? <laughs> bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the choreography you could do on the middle of Optus Stadium with that. Yeah. Between bi- the bicycle song and Fat Bottom Girls, I'm telling you, it could go off. When we did the play, um, there's this scene where the main guy and the main girl, they sort of, they have this really intimate moment and then he puts the jacket down and the lights go down and you know that they're about to make love. Right. I always wanted the bad guys to come rushing in and all the lights to go on with their sirens and you see him doing a doggy style and he starts thinking, don't stop me now. <laughs> <laughs> then Elton didn't go for that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, now I can see why you're um, – you're, uh, Direct uh, directorial uh, career never quite took off. What do you mean? It's going <laughs> splendidly. Once COVID's over, I'll be directing again. Yes, you will. The countdown show. Yes, yes, yes. Now, speaking... or the lockdown show with Gavin Wood and yeah. uh, Dan Andrews, which yeah. I think's a good idea. Fine. <laughs> lockdown. Yeah. That'll work well. Number one this week, it's Gladys Berjiklian. <laughs> Beryl. <laughs> she coughed up more deaths than anybody. Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, that's the one. There. And all those figures that they, they sprout in those press conferences, they uh, they leave the, the count of the people who've died uh, till the very end and, and treat it like it's, a, you know, an afterthought and they're the actual people who've died from it. I find that distasteful too. But. I find it interesting in America... Joe Biden's abusing everybody for not getting vaxxed and that. And they've got 70% of their population vaccinated. Yep. Okay, so that's, I don't know, 70% of 350 million. If you. So he's bitching about the unvaccinated, the 30% that are unvaccinated. However, 121 million people in America have had COVID. So therefore, they've got they don't need the vaccination because they've already got the resistance in them. Right. So, well, if you think about it, 10% of 350 million is 35 million. Well, it's got 70% vaccinated and 121 that have already, million have already had it. Which is about 40%. Isn't it pretty much covered? That, that adds up to about 110%. Exactly. So what's he bitching about? I know. He just want to talk about Afghanistan. Diverting diverting the subject from somewhere else, that's probably probably the uh, the go there. Um, Anything else you want to bring up before we get into our chart for this week? Because, oh, God, this is a beauty, this one. Oh. Um, Oh, Just very quickly, Mm -hmm. world of sport. Yeah. Yes. Cristiano Ronaldo, 
Oh, what a comeback. Yeah, I've got him oh, on yeah. the list. I watched it, actually. Did you watch it, Finey? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Did you see the first goal? You and I could have scored that. True. Yeah. True. I, didn't yes, see, I haven't seen the second one yet, but um, the, no, hype, second one was pretty good. the hype around him being back is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Got Beckham's old number. Yes, number seven. Well, that's his old number, I think, isn't it? Isn't that what he used to wear? Oh, well, yeah, seven, yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's uh, – Yeah, look, and, and – yeah, go. At his height, he's he's as good as anyone I've ever seen. He's he's bloody brilliant. Yeah, but I can't believe there's rape charges against him, or there were. Um, have a look at the bloke. Have a look how much money he's got. Have a look at how good-looking he is. He wouldn't need to rape anybody. Every girl would just want to go out with him. He's gorgeous. Certainly. What's he making, a million dollars a week, I think it is? That'll entice a young lady to have a picnic with you. Seems to have enticed a middle-aged rocker. <laughs> Come on, I'll go and have a picnic with you. Uh, yeah, he was, he was something else. Um, and, I, yeah, I saw him put that first goal in um, for United and thought, oh, okay. Uh, all the ducks have lined up. Some people just uh, – just, they just attracted, don't they? He just uh, – he was never going to – it was always going to be the fairy tale ending, but – Obviously, there's a lot more to play out there. Um, the other, the other uh, sporting one I, I should have mentioned, it, uh, I didn't. Dylan Alcott, what an yeah. what an amazing um, month that young man's had, uh, winning the the silver and a gold in Tokyo, and then uh, and then winning the US Open, and now he's got the Golden Slam, and it looks like that might be the end of it. Oh, is he going to retire? I think so. Yeah. I like the fact that he kicked his beer into his cup and started drinking. <laughs> so I you, you little Aussie beauty. Yeah, I think his speech. No, he's really good. His speech after and the Tokyo goal was he said he's going to come home and have 10,000 beers with everyone. Well, he's a good bloke. You know, I was saying that, you know, this year I've sort of taken more interest in the Paralympics than I ever have. And watching him the other day play, it's really good, you know. It's like, wow, it's really skillful, and yep. I don't know how they can serve from the chair, but gee whiz, you know, good on him. Great, great Australian, Kev. Yep, no, I agree, absolutely. Uh, and uh, the athleticism of, uh, of of the sport that they play is uh, is absolutely to be admired. Yes, absolutely. Yep. No, it's really good. Um, no, he's, he's, a, he's a beauty. Yeah, he's a beauty. All right, let's move to our chart. And we go to September 15, 1991, to the ARIA chart. Um, and, oh, by geez. How would you find this one, Finey? Uh, it, it has a lot of music that I absolutely despise. Yeah. Yep. Some good, but a lot of music that just, you know, almost hard to, to filter. But it's just music that really annoys me and film clips that annoy me even more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, how do you find it, Brian? Um, well, I've, I've had trouble reading it, to be honest, Kev. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's quite a few stickers in there. Um, yeah, I don't think know that it's uh, a year that I will, you know, fondly remember for music. No. Where were you in 1991? What were you doing? Um, probably not much. There wasn't much use for a um, 80s rock star in 1991. I was probably just doing my best somewhere. Right. What were you doing, Finey? Yeah. Well, I kid you not, that's when I was in San Diego for part of that. Oh, year. really? Okay. Yep. Okay. I was doing Bricky on uh, on Triple M, and I don't remember it being a particularly bad 
musical year from, you know, just when you think back, didn't strike me. But then when I started to see people like Salt and Pepper and uh, Melissa Couts and Martika and all those things in there, I thought, gee whiz, uh, maybe my memory's not uh, not doing me any favours. And as um, David Chet pointed out on Facebook this morning uh, when I put the chart up on that, he said, uh, the first thing I saw was a photo of Craig McLaughlin and I thought, this is going to be crap. So David set the uh, the benchmark there because on the bottom of the ARIA chart is a photo and a promotion for the single of the week, which was Craig McLaughlin's new single, On My Own, which is in the chart. I'm not sure if it'll come up in anyone's list, but we'll find out. Start, okay. us, start us with your number three, Good and Bad, Brian. Oh, really? Go Finey first. I'm uh, still collecting okay. myself. Okay, we'll go Finey first then. Mr. Fine. Okay, my number three good. Hmm? I have given that to. Now, I'm not an enormous fan of this band. In fact, I don't really like them, to be honest. But a bit of a classic. So, Enter Sandman is my number three good. Okay. Yes. Bit of, I don't mind that song. I think it's a good song. It's the best yes, Metallica right. ever did, didn't it? Isn't it? Obviously. So, this is really weird because I'm not a big fan of Metallica. No. But I'm a big fan of Guns N' Roses. I love Guns N' Roses. Oh, really? But my number three. I said, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I am. Oh, okay. I am. You know, I mean, Welcome to the Jungle, Mr. Brownstone. That, that, I mean, that whole album, Appetite of Destruction, except the last three tracks, is brilliant. But uh, they've got a song here that is so self-indulgent. goes for five and a half minutes. The first minute and a half is terrible. Terrible um, instrumentals. It's called You Could Be Mine. Yeah. And, you know, of course, it's really called You Could Be Mine. The start of it sounds like a Hunters and Collectors song. Oh, the start of it goes forever. Yeah, the start does um, go forever, but and it sounds like seven or eight different songs, but the very beginning of it, I had to listen to it actually yep. this morning, um, Sounds like the start of one of the Hunter songs. I can't remember which one it is, but, um, oh, it is an awful song. And you're right, self-indulgent to the max. Self-indulgent yes. to the max. And and <laughs> that is exactly how he sings too, Finey. Can't say, I'm a, <laughs> can't say I'm a fan. Some of the songs, good, but can't say I'm a big fan of the band. Yeah, I am, but not that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Brian, number three good, number three bad, please. Okay, well, number three bad for me, continuing along those lines, um, Guns N' Roses, that first album, Appetite for Destruction, was great, but Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, as Finey said, it's just so indulgent, over-bloated. You know, they've got some mediocre songs that they've tried to polish and they can't because the songs just aren't there to start with. And so I'm going to go for... Um, uh, what number is it? It's number eight. Don't cry by Guns and Roses. That's your oh, bad that's one. Rubbish. Yeah. Did you see that? Yep. Uh, you see, it's number eight, but you see that it was debuting in that chart at number eight. Yeah, but people are just, you know, they um, they just thought it's a new Guns and Roses thing. Better go and buy it. Yeah. So they, had they number- got home and listened to it. They went, "Oh, this is shit." <laughs> you could, you could be mine was number six, and uh, don't cry debuted at number eight, which is massive. But number three on yeah. your bad list, right? What's uh, what's on the good list? I'm going to go for number 24. 
something that's um, I, I think it's not a bad song. Um, it's only the beginning by Deborah Conway. Okay, it's um, you know it's a it's a cute little pop song, and um, she's sort of she's playing golf in the um, in the film clip, and yep. I think it's it's a bit of a piss take of that movie where uh, you know Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn are golfers. Yep. Anyway, yep. yeah, so that's, there you go. And I see where her and uh, Willie's uh, child has just put a single out too. So, um, another. Who's, who's Willie's child? Well, Willie Ziegler, her husband, uh, Deborah's partner. Oh. They've, uh, their, their daughter, I think it is, has just put a, a record out in the last, or a CD or whatever you want to call them these days, um, out uh, in the last couple of weeks. Well, there you go. Uh, now, my number three, I, I finished up with three categories here. Uh, awful, uh, crap, and total crap. So there's a lot in the awful pile. There's a fair, fair bit to divulge, uh, to, to, to get through in the crap pile. And in the absolutely total crap pile, oh, there's some beauties. Uh, and I don't, uh, at the risk of gazumping uh, others, I'll, I'll give you my number three bad, uh, is, a, is a girl who... People loved on the television, thought she was very nice on the TV and I think she is, for the most part, seemingly a very nice human being, but I'm sorry, don't do records in 1991 that sound like 99 Reasons. Joe Beth Taylor, awful, awful song. Uh, The clip looks like something that Kylie Minogue rejected as an idea and it just, uh, yeah, awful. Very, very, very bad. Um, Is that Joe Beth Taylor, did you say? Yes. Oh, okay. 99 Reasons. It's there just above. um, Yeah, I see it. Yeah, number 31. Wasn't Joe Beth Taylor married to that Nazi tennis player, Thomas Muster? I think she was. Yeah, and they lived on an island somewhere in Queensland, didn't they? I was going to say Rottnest, but that's the one in Perth. No, it was like Fraser Island or Hamilton Island or something. They had a, they had a retreat there. He bought a he bought half the island or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah people might say people might say, but why are you calling Thomas Muster a Nazi tennis player? Well, why are you calling because Thomas Muster a Nazi tennis player? Because he was okay. <laughs> you know, he once said, "I would not allow myself to be chauffeured around by a black or a Jew." <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, something along those lines. Wow. Jeez. He was Austrian, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So was, so was Adolf Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen Adolf Hitler play tennis. He was good. <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, you know, he changed tennis. How's that? We will not have the word love. No love. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Now, my number three, good. Um, I've forgotten she was married to him. Good, good pick up, funny. My number three, good. Uh, uh, Geez, I'm, I've got five and I've got to narrow it down to three. I'm a bit like the person trying to get on, you know, with peop, those people who try to get on planes with those big bags in the cabin luggage and they try and push it and fit yeah. it in in the up above your head uh, lockers. I've I'm I'm got a bit of that going on here. Um, but I'm going to go with my number three because I really like this song. Um, Rush You by The Baby Animals. I think it's the it was one of their really early songs. It might have been their second single or whatever it was. Um, and Susie still had the real rock chick kind of like uh, attitude. And I did just just like the song. Always have liked the song, and quite like the clip. And uh, it's just beaten one out there that I'm 
nutted that I can't fit it in, but I can't. So Rush You by the Baby Animals is my number three good. Yeah. Righto, finally, get to your number two. Yeah. And, and, and Hitler playing tennis, if you think he did like love, he hated Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> no, Zeus. Um, okay, so my number two bad, I've been gazumped by Chet, I think it was. Was it Chet who saw the, the picture of Craig McLaughlin? Yeah, yeah, Chet did. <laughs> yes, on what my own. What a terrible song that On My Own is. And it's sort of filmed in the desert, the film clip. Yeah. And I sat through all of it. So for anybody hoping that that venomous snake bites Craig. <laughs> uh, it doesn't in the end. It doesn't bite him anywhere, not only in the end. Yeah. Um, no. That, that that's you know I've, I've actually got that one in a special category on my list here, Fanny, on my own by Craig McLaughlin. It's in my better than Mona category, but still crap. Yeah, well there you go. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. And my then I've got to have a number two good. Yeah, and I'm going to go for one of the classic all time one hit wonders. Ooh, there's a lot of them in this chart. Yeah. Now I've got to say that in the no, early nineties. Any friend of mine, and I've had a few of these, trying to learn guitar, this was the first song that they learned. Now, that used to be a black mark until Brian told me all those beautiful stories about him and his brother. Yep. So I'm going for extreme with more than words. Ah, okay. Did you watch the- or bad. Yeah. In the good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're putting it in the bad, are you? Well, I just heard it to death. Um but, but it's very beeply, so, you know, I quite like it. But, but um, yeah, I know some people don't like it, but uh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm with I'm with Finey. It's in my five. It, it's not going to make the top three, but it's in my five. Um, and that, uh, I mentioned uh, Susie DiMarchi and the Baby Animals. Well, she's married to Nuno Betancourt, who, of course, is the man who sings more than words in that extreme song. Oh, there you go. And their daughter, well, their you know, daughter, Bebe, is the know, one who did the Under the Milky Way version um, of uh, the church song recently for that um, Eric Banner film. Oh. Well, Nuno, mm-hmm. he used to bet on court when Adolf Hitler was playing. He was not. He used to bet on court. That's right. Did you watch the video of uh, More Than Words, Finey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the two blokes sitting in the bar with, with their cigarette lighters uh, around taking the piss out of Nuno and his mate? Oh, no, I saw one with just. Nuno and his mate sitting there playing guitar. Yeah, and then when they pan back, there's two two blokes um, sitting in like a like, as if it was a uh, you know a sort of uh, bar in a uh, little uh, pub somewhere, and they've got their cigarette lighters up and they're doing them from side to side with their beers in their hands, taking the piss oh, yeah, out of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> very good, righto, Mister F- Mannix, you're up number right. two. Oh, where's my chart got? Here we go. Okay, now. I'm going to go for uh, the best, second best song is um, number 43, Crowded House, Fall At Your Feet. I yeah. think that's a good song. Good song. In fact, they don't hardly got any bad songs. They're very good. And you heard me talk about songs of the grand final and, you know, it's got to be appropriate for the, for the occasion. You know, that's why we're saying Queen would be great. Yeah. Well, my thoughts about what was appropriate for a a grand final started with this song. And it's Melissa to Courts, I believe. 
Um, sexy is the word at an NRL grand final. What the hell does a grand final have to do with sexy is the word? <laughs> it just makes absolutely no sense to me. But um, I love Melissa. She's gorgeous. But um, I'm not crazy about this song. Now, I believe it's pronounced Couch, so it's Melissa Couch, I think. Um, now, she has two songs in this chart. She has, yeah, she's a Nazi too. Yeah, she has, she's not. Sexy is it the word, be. which is the one you just yeah. mentioned. Uh, where the video for that is her standing in front of a, or her standing behind a, or beside, or next to a, um, a melting ice erection. Right. Yeah. No, it is. It's what it is. It's a big block of ice um, next to it, and it's melting. Like a cock. And, yeah, well, not quite, but you, know, you get the drift. Uh, and the other one is "Read My Lips," which was, I think, right up in the top five or whatever it is in this in this chart. So she was she was massive. Back there in 1991. You think the melting cock was something to her protest about climate change, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) It could have been. Could have been. Hadn't thought about that, but now that you mention it. She might be right into the environment. Now that you mention it, probably uh, is is appropriate. Um, And her her double banger there is my number two as well, Brian. Uh, I put that as a dual entry. Uh, Read my lips. And sexy because read my lips has the wonderful lyrics. Do to me what your eyes say you want to do. Oh, hey, oh, hey, put the cards on the table. Do to me what your eyes say you want to do. Hey, read my lips, buddy. All right, jump on board. I'm ready. Right, that's enough. Right. So that's my number two. That was, her, that was her next song. That was her next song. Jump on board. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't think she had a next song. I think that was it. Um, but you're right. She did sing in a uh, NRL grand final too, and that was incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. My number yeah. two, you're going to scoff at this, Mannix, I know, because I think I've mentioned it before as a song I liked, and I think you scoffed then. But mm-hmm. it's one of those songs, and I have – as a result of my listening to this stuff on this chart, there are two songs in my head at the moment uh, burrowing their way into my brain. One is More Than Words, um, and the other one is the Motown song by Rod Stewart and the Temptations. I love it. So it is my number two. Hello. Now, I know you toured with Rod. You were a support act for Rod on one of his Australian tours. My old mate, Rod Stewart, yeah. Yep. Me and Mickey Dolan to talk to about him the other day, Ted. Right. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's my number two. Now, we're at your number one, Finey. I'm intrigued to see. Is, does Guns N' Roses make it as your number one? Let's find out. Definitely not. Number one, good. Funny, it was a, a number one bad old stuff. Yeah. Funny chart, it was a bit like Noah's Ark because there's a lot of songs in pairs, aren't there? There's two Guns N' Roses songs. Yeah. Two songs by Melissa Court. Cults? Incredibly. Melissa Cults? Tell me Incredibly. <laughs> Incredibly, two songs by Roxas. Yes. Dude, you get wrong off. Wrong really? off. It's bad happening. But, well, you know how I'm, I've gone public with my hatred of Celine Dion? Yes, yeah. yeah pretty much, yeah. You wish, to, wish death upon her, but yeah, we, we glossed over that at the time. Yeah, well... Only a short half head behind her in terms of <laughs> musical hatred is Amy Grant. Oh, oh yeah. There's two of her in there too. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, what is she doing in a rock chart? Well, she's got gospel singer, isn't she? 
Yeah, it should either be Christian rock, elevator music, or songs to die by. So, <laughs> 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 uh, take your pick. I've got baby, 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 boo boo. Oh, what an awful song. I had to listen to that. What an awful song. And what an awful clip. Just. Yeah, terrible clip. Oh, t- oh God. Vomit inducing clip, to be honest. Um, yeah. But- and yeah, she's quite Amy Grant. quite a pleasant looking girl, but it just it, you just go, oh. Anyway, yeah, up yours, Amy Grant. <laughs> so I'm ready. Jump on board. We're we're almost <laughs> we've almost got the podium finished. We've got Celine Dion, Amy Grant, who's just a half head behind. We're looking to see who's going to uh, who the judges are going for third. Can't wait to find that one out. When that yeah, we'll get there. So my number one good song is another one hit wonder. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I reckon it's a bloody good song, this. Walking in Memphis by Mark Cunn. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's my number one, too. It's a great song. It's a great song. There you go. And I'm trying to think who I heard do a version of it. A female did a version of it recently, and it was bloody brilliant. Um, and I can't think of who it was. It was someone really surprised, like someone like Cher or someone it was. I was Googling. Celine Dion? No, no, no. Not that surprising, funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was someone I didn't expect to sing the song really well, but they sang it brilliantly. And it, it, I reckon it's just a great song. And I've and got to say, I reckon the lyrics are fantastic. Yeah. I love the lyrics. You know, you, it was, there's a line in it, something like, are you a Christian? Well, no, no, but the, God, I am tonight or something. Um, which Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, just a really, really good song. So I fully concur with you, Mr. Fine, that that is the best one in there. What do you got, Bri? Well, just before I do, um, I was talking to Max, the X-Men drummer. Mm, Maxie Wall, yeah. Maxie Wall, and he's also played in um, the band Horsehead. Yes. And we were talking about Horsehead. And we decided that their next gig, he's just going to have a big picture of Celine Dion on his kick drum stick. <laughs> <laughs> no mention of the name of the band, just a picture of Celine Dion there on his kick drum. And everybody will go, yep, that's Horsehead. <laughs> That'd be good to put on the, on the billboards outside tonight and then a picture of yeah. Celine Dion. <laughs> You'd have people going, go, Celine Dion's playing there? No, no, mate, Horsehead. Oh, yeah, right. Horsehead, right. <laughs> So you, you, you know who the other famous horse head is? Um, Princess Anne? No. No, there's actually a website, an entire website devoted, devoted to this person having a horse's head. Who's that? Oh. Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> there's a yeah. website devoted. Jeez, people are cruel. Seriously. Uh. Okay, so uh, now, Brian, uh, what's your number one, good and bad? Um, okay, my number one good is, I can't see what number it is at the moment, my phone keeps switching off, but it's um, Lenny Kravitz, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. Oh, that's right, that's, that's, quite, that's quite high on that chart. Yeah. yeah but, it's uh, 21. Right, okay. And gee whiz, I think I'm going to go for, <laughs> just for Rowan's sake, I think I say the worst song is Mummy won't like it, Daddy won't like it. Got to put some cream on your pie, hot chili woman. Now hang on, so Lenny Kravitz is your number one good. 
Yeah. Okay. And the hot chili woman's my number one bad. And noise works is your number one bad. Oh, yeah, but that's a bit. I cruel. just I like noise works, but that song it just sounds like. Look, we've got half an hour left. Let's just slap up together to make an extra track. Yep. It doesn't sound very inspired to me. Right. And you know the lyrics, Mama won't like it, Daddy. I'm going to put some cream on your pie or whatever it is. Yep. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's what I think. All right. That's uh, your number one good medal. Lenny Kravitz, your number one good. Wow. Yeah, I kind of mucked this up a bit. I should have had, uh, yeah, anyway, whatever. That'll yeah. Be. yeah, happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. My number one good is Walking in Memphis, Mark Cohen. I love that song, Ring in the My number one bad, or oh, to toss up here between two, and I'm going to go with, oh, Scorpion's Winds of Change is such a pretentious heap of crap and just yeah. like honestly, just the worst thing. And I know Rowan used to sing it all the time. Um, Down which, to Gorky yeah, Park. Yeah, which didn't endear it to me any more than it, it currently does because <laughs> he can't sing. Um, but I'm actually going to go and I'm surprised you didn't get this one in, in your top three, Brian, because I listened to it this morning because I just wanted to check and see that it was as irritating a song as I remembered it to be. And that's Here I Am by UB40. Oh God! I didn't see that. Yeah, it, it is. It is a, a a most irritating song. It's not necessarily the worst song I've ever heard, but it's just one of those songs when you hear it, it's like someone's really taking their fingers down the blackboard. It it irritates me. I've got to be I tell you who got, got away with murder. Uh, Brian that? Adams. Correct. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> What do you got in everything I do? I do it for you. It's the number one song. What shit? What a what a what a. Have a this is the top songs. Everything I do, I do for you is number one. Love, I will be done by Martika is number two, and that is that is. She's got a terrific voice, but that is a really that's a Prince song, I think. Um, Number three is Here I Am by UB40. Number number four is More Than Words by Extreme. So, so far, Brian, you hate everything in the top four. Um, Pretty much, yes. Number five is the song I agonised over leaving out, Unforgettable by Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. When you watch that, it's just uh, it's a manufactured, uh, you know, thing with with Nat's voice in there, but his voice is just, oh, absolutely magnificent. Number six is You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. Uh, number seven. Terrible. Uh, yeah. Number seven is a heap of crap too. It's called Now That We Found Love by Heavy D and the Boys. That's an awful song. Oh, no, I like that. Oh, do you? Mm. Yeah. Now that we found love, that's what it. are we going to do? Yeah, that's it's it. A ra- it's mainly a rap song. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't mind that. Okay. Uh, Guns and Roses Don't Cry is number eight. Number nine is I Want to Sex You Up by Colour Me Bad. That's a fairly dreadful song too. Yeah, that sounds shocking. And number 10 is Enter Sandman by Metallica. Um, yeah, good job. And, and Treaty by Yothi Indies, number 11. So they're, they're, oh, on number 12 nearly made my list too, Calling Elvis by Dire Straits. My God, what a pretentious heap of crap that is. Yeah. Do you remember that? What's he trying to prove? Exactly. Do you remember the clip? No. They did the Thunderbirds. They did Dire Straits as the Thunderbirds and Mark Knopfler walking around as a Thunderbirds character, um, properly animated, uh, with Mr Tracy and all those. It just I watched about 30 seconds of it today and went, oh, piss right off. But anyway. Right. <laughs> there you go. Not, not a fan you, of the Thunderbirds, you know, kid. Um, well, you know, you know, you know that now there's a huge 
sort of scandal controversy with the Thunderbirds. Why is that? Uh, well, Miss Penelope is suing. Remember, Mr. Tracy, the father. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's suing Mr. Tracy. They had sex and she got splinters. (laughs) Jesus, funny. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yes, my lady. (laughs) (laughs) There is is a lot. There is a lot. (laughs) That was very good. Uh, Um, There is a lot of pornos, those actors. Oh, they were not. (laughs) They were so, yeah. Every time you ever heard "We've got wood," it was normally one of the thunderbirds. <laughs> oh, stop it! Uh, now, just off the uh, Facebook page this morning, David Cheddar, who I mentioned, uh, saw Craig McLaughlin, thought it would be crap, but he he uh, did give us his good. "Fall at Your Feet" by Crowded House, "Walking in Memphis" Mark Cohn, and "Hot Chili Woman" by Noiseworks was a good one for him. His bads were Henry D and the Boys, "Read My Lips," and "On My Own." And Steve Cameron also uh, chimed in with the "Don't Cry." Enter Sandman and You Could Be Mine as his good ones. So obviously Guns N' Roses fan, his bad ones. Hot Chili Woman, More Than Words, and Here I Am by UB40. So uh, keep those coming on the uh, on the Facebook page and we'll talk about them next week. Hey, gents, got to go. There, there, was, there was one song there that I know none of us put in, mm-hmm. but I like. Yeah. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm. Yeah, I do mm. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and every time I hear... Brian Manic, I go, hmm. <laughs> there was one song I didn't mention, um, Troy Newman. Now, do you know him, Brian? Yes, I do know Troy. Um, I did know Troy. Yeah. Um, he was the uh, – played. he replaced um, – when we did the theatre version of Bad Boy Johnny. He did he Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. And he played Johnny. So I had to kick him in the balls every night. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but um, fortunately, unfortunately um, – he um, ended his life a little bit too early and had an amazing voice. And, um, you know, he was just this young kid that had talent, you know, stacks of talent. He had, um, you know, a big record deal and what he would tell was playing drums for yeah. him. And, you know, yeah, he had a really killer band and a fantastic voice. And um, life was cut short too soon. Yeah, love gets rough was the was the song, which I, I must admit I I saw the name and that I didn't realise that he was Australian, so I, I googled it and, and then found out he was Australian. He was in that Perth band called the Boys, who I do vaguely remember. Um, I don't remember yeah. him in Bad Boy Johnny, but I had to listen to the song. The song's not a bad song, not a, not a you know particularly great song. But then I read the story about uh, what happened to him, and uh, he was only he was really really young when he when he uh, when he decided uh, that uh, he didn't want to be with us anymore. So that's one of the stories in in that chart that I, I wasn't aware of until I went through it. I got a feeling his brother um, ended his life. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think there was probably a bit of a family. Nuance there or something, I'm not sure, but yeah. uh, anyway, that's a, it's, uh, that's it's a good song, that, and good yeah, work. yeah good, not a bad good, song, good work. Love gets Boy. rough, it's cool. All right, thank you, boys. Yeah. Enjoy your week. No footy this week, uh, there's some uh, rugby league to watch, but the storm are already through to the prelim final. I'm pleased that they moved that to four o'clock because it doesn't clash with the AFL grand final. That was the most sensible thing the national rugby league competition's done in about 100 years, yeah, thank goodness. Um, have a yeah. lovely week, boys, and I shall talk to you uh, on when next we uh, we hold council for rock and roll. Take care of your good selves. Shall do. See you, boys. Will do. See you, Bye. See you, Brian. Bye bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 